0: Amen. We also had uh, a wonderful service in Calvert and uh, prayed for the sick over there and we're expecting great results. Amen. I heard good things about what's going on there in Calvert. It's, It's an amazing work. We thank God for Pastor Roy every Sunday for a very long time now going on there. To minister to the people. Uh, Sunday was unique. Sunday was special. I kind of felt that God was going to do something extremely uh, different. That we've never seen before. But uh, I probably would let some of our prayer partners tell about what God did with them. And uh, But the very first lady that we prayed for. Um, I think my son, he was so excited about that, and I'm glad that he saw that, because he saw that leg, shorter leg, just shoot out real fast, (laughs) and uh, he couldn't get away from that. I'm really grateful to God that he's able to see that, to know that Jesus is real. We're not just telling stories. We're not just coming here to preach and make you feel this is all good, just follow God. He is showing that He is real. I mean, I, we, Larry and I, I think it was Larry and I, we prayed for that lady who told uh, Larry, as to Larry, the muscles were already dead, she said. My muscles were dead, nothing there. And when I reached down to pray for her, It was nothing there. It was just like skin. And to watch her walk away from this place with her her crutches being held by somebody behind. And Irina told me she stepped down from up there by herself. That was God. Amen. And in my mind, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. God has a lot for us. We preach the gospel and we show that Jesus is still alive. You need to understand something. When God is doing things like that, He's letting you know, if He can heal a bone and make the bone grow out, and we saw several of those. I mean, my son was saying, God is involved in the dental work now. (laughs) Because we actually see God fix a. The jaw, I mean, for me, I've seen, I've seen a lot. But that Angela, when I was standing, it was frightening. <laughs> yes, it was really. I've seen a lot, but this was really, uh, to when she opened them mouth, you can see the underbite, or the way you call it, the top one was up just way down. I mean, the lower, the lower one was way out. And she was biting, that was the problem. And I said, oh, now open your mouth. And she opened the mouth. That's when we saw it. And then I said, open your mouth again. And they came right together. It, it was an amazing thing uh, that we saw. And uh, it's funny. We were praying for somebody. I don't remember who was I was praying for. She said, your hands were really, they burning like fire. And I touched my hand. They were as cold as It was really cold. That's the Holy Spirit. And we should celebrate what the Holy Spirit is doing. We should celebrate it. But let me say this. If God can take care of things physical that you can see, won't he take care of your needs emotionally? Why is that so difficult for him? Won't he take care of your needs financially? Why do we fret? Which is more difficult? To, to do that, I mean what we saw on Sunday, which is more difficult? Can God free me from any addiction? Which is more difficult? God can do anything. And we need to start believing God. Now let me tell you something that we need to understand. We need to be very careful. You remember how Jesus dealt with Capernaum? Because they saw a lot of work. And God, Jesus said, the day of judgment it will be better for Sodom than for you. Because your eyes have seen what God can do. And so we need to step out in faith and share the gospel with people. And tell them stories that you saw. You don't have to preach to them. Just tell them what you saw in church. They'll listen. They'll listen. You don't have to tell them don't 3, 16. Just tell them what God... And that's what they did in the days of Jesus, right? They were telling what they saw. And more people were coming to Him. If we tell what we have seen with our eyes, then more will come to Him. But just close it out and don't testify, that's no good. We are to witness to what we have seen and heard. Amen? That's what we should do. Stand up tonight. I'm sure some others that prayed, I was hearing all kinds of testimonies from those prayer partners. We'll give them time to share some, some things themselves. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land, that I should know how to speak a word in season, To him who is weary, he awakens me morning by morning, he awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I wanted to start a uh, sermon tonight um, titled, Our Inheritance in Christ. Our Inheritance in Christ. Now, please understand this. It seems to me some people just become Christians and they don't grow at all. And the reason for it is you are not wanting to grow. That's just the truth. Not those of us coming here tonight. There are people who should be here. But in their minds, they're just too tired. God understands. No, he doesn't. He doesn't understand. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you're not growing, you're not thirsting for righteousness. You have to make an effort towards God. Remember the Bible says, Draw near to God. And God will draw near to you. So if God's not close to you, it's not God's fault. It's your fault. You are not drawing near to Him. We're having a lot going on in our church now. And God's moving. You know why? We used to be maybe about two or three people praying in the morning. We have grown up to about ten and more. Six a.m. in the morning. We have ten people here praying. On Sunday, this last Sunday, we're probably close to I don't know how many of us. Praying in the morning. He used to be just me and Michael for the most part. And most of the time, when Karen can make it, she was with us until things got tough for her. But she, she was faithful for a long time. And I believe that God answers prayers. You have to pray. Christians ought to pray. It's very important that we pray. Spend some time praying. I'm just talking out of his back. Christianity will want to be moved emotionally. To me, take that all out. Get real. Get real with God. Make up your mind you are going to make it. Make up your mind that Christianity is number one in your life. And that this is so precious to you, you want to share it with people. You got to pray, you got to study the word. You got to minister to people. You got to cast out devils. That's all of us. You got to heal the sick. You got to think about raising the dead. There was a story, I shared this here before, a a young man growing up, he was a member of a church, but one of the leadership as well, and he, he heard his pastor preach on Sunday morning that Jesus sent them out, and he says, go, preach the gospel, cleanse the lepers, heal the sick. Raise the dead. And he said he went to his pastor and said, Pastor, do you really think Jesus said those words right? He meant what he said. He said, yes. He meant what he said. You mean I can raise the dead? And the pastor said, yes, you can raise the dead. He said, Pastor, have you raised one? Pastor said, no. But you can do it. And he stepped out, walking around, being in the city, from, that's back in Nigeria, from door to door. Do you have any dead person here? <laughs> he was, he said his bicycle. He, draw, he he said, he said from morning till evening, he had been asking. He knew everywhere he saw people gathering around, something is, something is uh, going on there. And he, he runs to them. He said, uh, what's going on? And they say, well, what's the problem? Do you have any dead person here? And they're looking at him. Is he crazy? But then he found somebody where there was a dead person. And he says, thank you very much. Guess what? Raised the man from the dead. Beginning of his ministry. We got to believe God. I'm going to go back to the scriptures here. There's certain things I want to share with you. Tonight, and I believe that every one of us here you desire to grow. You see, God is a very principled God, He follows principle, is the same thing as law. God follows His laws, what He says is law. Whenever God gives you something and He says, if you do this, this is what's going to happen, that's the law. I know we want to go by Ten Commandments, but there are so many laws. Laws of nature, right? And spiritual laws. So when God gives us something, we need to follow through with that. The Bible tells us, first, we're talking about our inheritance in Christ, first, we are are God's inheritance. Can you say that? I am God's inheritance. When Jesus died, He got you and gave you to His Father. And we, according to the Scriptures, we belong to God. You belong to God. You were given to God because of the death of Jesus. Jesus delivered you to His Father as His inheritance and i'm going to show you from the scriptures and you the bible says you are his glorious inheritance do you feel the glory tonight (laughs) you are his glorious inheritance according to the scriptures i'm going to go i'm going to break this scripture down because there's so much here Okay, I'm like a teacher, but this is very important. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning from verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. So, let me tell you if you have faith that is not being heard, that's not good. Wish you and your family should, your friends should, everyone around you should hear about your faith in Jesus. I heard about it. I wasn't there, but I heard about your faith. And your love for the brethren, for the saints. Your love for the brethren. Notice two things that's very important in a Christian's life. Two things that must be heralded. Two things that people should hear about you. First, your faith in God. Secondly, your love for other Christians. Paul says, I never cease to pray for you because I heard you got these two things. Two things for Christians. Faith, number one. Secondly, love for your Christian brother. The law. A new commandment I give to you. Not the old. The old is gone. A new one I'm, uh, I'm giving to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. As in similar way. In the same way. In the same strength. The same level. As I have loved you. And so Paul said, I heard of your faith. That's good. That's good. But it's not good enough. I also have to hear of your love for your brethren. And what I see in Christianity today, a lot of people running around, it's so easy to get bitter and complain and use words. They have enemies. They don't want to talk. They don't want to hear the person's name. And they have people they can't forgive. And all I can. Where did that come from? How come you have faith but you can't forgive? How come you can't let go of this things? You must always guard your heart. Remember, the Bible says, walk out your salvation. Everyone must work out a salvation with fear and trembling. This is serious business. Work out your own salvation. I thought we were already saved. Why should I work something again? Yes, you are saved for works. You were saved unto good works. So you gotta work it out. We all get tempted to be mad. We all get tempted to get angry and get bitter because somebody has offended you. But put on your shield of faith. Amen. Put on your shield of faith. I'm not going there. That's not for the believer. My job is to love. When you see a critical person, a critical Christian, stay away from them. I mean, Christian, if you get in that web, they'll get you down. You won't believe, and you can never crawl back out unless you got grace from God. That's why God says, I hate those that cause division in the house. Once they start, it never ends. You can't be a lover of your brother, and all you can see in your brother is what's wrong. Love covers a multitude of sins. And if all you see in your brother is to be critical of what they're doing, something is wrong with your spirit. is you are you still a baby? Or you've been defiled? I heard of your faith. But if I hear of your faith, I should also hear of your love. If I hear of your love, I should also hear of your faith. That, these are very important faith walks through love that's what the bible says you can't do much with god and he can do much with you if you don't express that love you have to choose to forgive you have to choose to love the in love is different Think about just what's going on in your life. If you're always finding fault and criticism about everybody else, and what you're not looking close at yourself. Because when you're pointing this way, you got all of these fingers pointing back at you. Love covers a multitude of sins. When you have all those bitterness in you, how can you call yourself God's glorious inheritance? Filled with bitterness. That's not glorious at all. That's the issue with this. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, not just Paul, but everybody else sharing about it. Amen? That's the way it should be. From here to Ouagadougou. Okay? We're hearing about it your love, and your faith for the brethren. Willing to lay down your own life for your brother. And when they do wrong, you know we're not wrestling wrestling against flesh and blood. They are not my enemies. I know who the enemy is. The devil. Amen? That's where we should blame the devil. Other times we blame the devil for things he had not done at all. We are, we are specialized in that. We do something, we don't want to take the blame. it's the devil. He gets credit for things that he's never done. And I'm sure he's looking. Huh? I did that? <laughs> wow. I didn't know I did that, but I'll take the credit. i heard of your faith and love. He says, Paul says, I never cease to give thanks. And ministers, we are ministers here. Let's always give thanks when we say this. I never cease to give thanks for you. I make mention of you in my prayers. Never cease to give thanks. I make mention of you in my prayers. So let me ask you, is this just for Paul? The one to be praying is Paul. What about about me? What about you? Are you praying for the believers? Are you praying for the church? You know it's your father's business, you know. It's not just the pastor's business. We should all be praying. We want God to do a work. Amen. We should all work together. And so you should be praying. He prayed for them. They were already in faith. They were already loving. So what is he praying for? It's very clear. I make mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the Father of glory, may give to you the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. May give to you the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of Him. Let me stop here first. What is God called? God is called the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? And He is also the Father of glory. The origin for everything that's glorious. The origin for everything that has splendor. That's who God is. God is the father of everything that is beautiful. And if God is your father, He's got to make your life beautiful. Because He is the father of it. He is the origin of it. And if that's in your life, He makes your life beautiful. He makes your life glory. He is the father of glory. If you are going to have any glory in life, Guess where it's going to come from? From him. He is the origin of that. He is the father of glory. He is the father of splendor, beauty, wonder. That's who God is. Grandeur. That's who God is. You know, when God does things, he doesn't do it little. We put earrings, earrings, right? Here. God says, you love that? I make streets out of this stuff. Okay? That's what we use for pavement in our kingdom. Okay? <laughs> what you hanging up and say, did you see that stuff? God says, we use them to make walls here. <laughs> okay? Well, we're so glad the diamonds and all those, uh, there are walls uh, for people's rooms. Okay? And your goals, we make streets out of them. Everything is done. He does so glorious. Because he's the father of glory. You can read about the, uh, the, te- the temple. Even the, where they put candles. All gold plated. I'm so, sure somebody who is tempted is this boy. There's a lot of gold in that temple there. Okay. Everything is gold plated. Where they keep bread is gold plated. You go in, everything is gold. That's who God is. He is the father of splendor. So guess who the devil is? The Bible says he is the father of lies. You know that? Satan wants to be a father also. God says you are not permitted to be any kind of father, but, father, but the father of lies. So Satan, he, the origin of lies is from, you know where is that? Where is coming from? Satan. Listen to this scripture here. In John chapter 8, verse 44. You are of your father the devil. And the desire of your father you want to do. He was the murderer from the beginning. Here's the key principle here. Why do you think Satan wants to lie to you? To kill you. That's it. That's his purpose. I mean, sometimes we're thinking about physical killing, but finances also. Your marriage. Everything. Listen to what the scripture says. He was a murderer. Look at how Jesus ties it. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. He can't stand in the truth. Only one stands in the truth. That's God. He cannot stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, so we go from telling a lie. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. He is the origin of it. He speaks for his, from his own resources. For he is the, a liar and the father of it. Every lie. Have you read in Revelation 21 verse 8? The abominable, sorcerers, he says, whoremongers, and, and, and all liars will have their parts in the lake of fire. Lying. The origin of it is the enemy. Satan is that one. And when whatever comes into your head contradicts the word of God, guess what you're hearing? A lie. That's what you're hearing. Everything, even if your emotions contradict what God says, if you listen to it and you respond to it, you just responded to the father of lies. When you speak those words and it contradicts the word of God, you responded to the enemy. But when you receive the word of God, you actually respond to the truth and to God who is the God of glory. We have to understand that. You know, people, I hear people say things, well, I know that the Bible says that, but once you use the word but, you are on the other side, totally. And the enemy knows it. You see, Satan is very legalistic. We need to understand that. Once you say it, He has rights now into your life. That's why Christians struggle. Because according to what Paul says, he wants God to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Listen, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That means you can have knowledge without revelation. Can you get that? You can have knowledge without revelation. You can have the knowledge of God's Word, but because you don't have revelation, it won't work for you. You can shout it all you want, but it won't work for you. God cannot respond to it because until you have revelation, you can have true faith. So they were already believers. They're already Christians. But Paul needed to pray for them. Not only the faith that they received when they received Christ as their Lord and Savior, they also have to have revelation as their knowledge grows so that their faith will be stronger. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of God. But you can have knowledge of the Word of God without revelation or wisdom. So notice, the revelation is the Spirit. The Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So you got knowledge, you need wisdom, and you need revelation. You know, years ago, when I was in school in Georgia, young man, just looking at these things, and I said to myself, now Paul prayed for them in those days. Who is going to pray for me now? He's gone. Notice what he said. I never ceased. I was constantly praying the same thing over you all in, in Ephesus. I mean, over the other Christians, you, now, you can understand this. Colossians and Eph, uh, Ephesians, they're very similar. Because Paul wrote Colossians... And then he felt, wow, that's so beautiful. Can you do Holy Spirit? And then he decided he's going to write uh, uh, Ephesians. Now, Ephesians is, is called by theologians the queen of the epistles because he had nothing to correct. He just, if you read uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, uh, God unto him who is. Able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or even imagine. He was just praising God. He had nothing to correct. By faith you have been saved. Through faith, that's not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Lest anyone should boast. He was just expressing himself as the Holy Spirit came through him to us. But it started this way. That God will give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Let me tell you this. Until you have that spirit of wisdom and revelation, you haven't entered into His rest. You haven't entered into His rest. Come unto me. You remember what He said? All you who labor and are heavy learning, learn from me. Let your spiritual eyes be enlightened. We all have spiritual eyes. But some of our spiritual eyes are still dark. Because of the things we've learned from the world before we came to Christ. And it's only the world that can take that away. And we'll argue vehemently against the word of God. That we don't think we're doing that. And I don't believe that. And, and you're struggling and all of that. Because why? The things from your past. You can't get away from it. You believe the lie. You were told a lie. When your spiritual eyes become enlightened. Then you will know the hope of your calling. Then you will know that you are, if we read the last part of it in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So I pray for you constantly. You know what I did? I saw those scriptures and I encourage every one of you. In those days, I started praying that every time I prayed. I memorized it. To verse 23, if you go all the way down, I memorized it. First of all, I read it to God. And I said, said, because I don't have Paul anymore to pray for me. I've got to pray it for my life. It's recorded for me to pray it. I prayed the word of God over my life. Open my eyes. So I can see that, yes, Paul is no different from me. Yes, he was an apostle, but Jesus said, He who believes, right? Open my eyes so I can see. Open my eyes so I'm no no longer afraid. Open my eyes. Enlighten my eyes so I can enter into your rest. I don't have to strive. Open my eyes. Then you will know the hope of your calling. Then you will know the riches of the glory, listen, the riches of the glory, of whose inheritance? And in who? You. You're glorious. Beautiful to the Father. Until you, your eyes are opened, you won't know it. Until you receive the revelation that you are God's inheritance and that God will protect his inheritance and not allow his inheritance to just waste, go to waste. God will fight for his inheritance. That's you. That's you. That's why he said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, God says to condemn it or oh, God when you condemn it, God condemns it, it will never work. But you got to write from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. I heard something from Karen this morning. About eagles. And that was pretty interesting for me. Talking about this eagle. Trying to get a a hold of a a goat. And this goat was really big. And the goat was saying. You're not going to get me. And and then the goat decided. I'll shake you off my back. And decided to roll down. Am I getting it right? Down a a slope. Just trying to shake. The, The eagle rolled along with the goat. And when it was over. He was still holding that goat. And took the goat up. From the days of John the Baptist. You, don't, you never give up. You are God's inheritance. And you are precious to Him. To Him you are glorious. Listen to what He says. His glorious inheritance in the saints. And until God opens our eyes, we don't see that. That's when you think you may have been for, forgotten by God. Because God has not given you or you haven't received that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. There was a time in my life where demons tormented me so bad. Everything that moved in the room, I stood up and I was crying to Jesus. Oh Lord, it's like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all of you help me now. This, this has getting very serious. But the time came when I realized, they don't have any power over me. They don't have a single power over me. I guess in my life, when God had opened my eyes, I was afraid, but on the other side, because I was thinking, how come you just don't have any fear anymore? This is not good. (laughs) As the way I thought, something is wrong. Is this pride? What's going on here? But I had no respect for devils anymore. Because God has shown me, you know that, uh, Luke 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over, how many part of the enemy, or how many powers? Over all the powers of the enemy. And then he says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Oh, I got it made now. I got it made. I can't be hurt. He'll try, but he'll always fail. Just like he says of Jesus, if the prince of this world had known, they wouldn't have crucified him. They thought they were getting him, but they were in killing him. They destroyed their kingdom. <laughs> it's crazy. They only found out after he died. You know what I think? I think many of us, we don't think, but let me see. Let me share with you what I think. Satan was so excited about killing Jesus. We got him now. We got him now. And the people are torn against him. Even the high priests, the governors, everyone. And then they killed him. And then all of a sudden, as they were rejoicing, one demon said, hey, uh, you remember he said he was going to wake up the third day? Oh my God. And so they ran back to Pilate. We got to put guards in there. Help us! I think there was panic in Satan's kingdom. We got to stop this. I mean, he was alive before he died. If he wakes up, we're finished. I'm telling you, we're done. They panicked, and that was their own their their undoing. Let me tell you: every time Satan comes against you, he's destroying himself. Can I hear an amen? He's undoing himself. If it comes against your finances, and God has given you that spirit of wisdom and revelation, it may seem like your finances will die, but guess what? The third day is coming. Amen. The third day is coming. There's going to be a resurrection. A glorious resurrection of your finances. If it comes against your marriage, don't give up. Stay put. Don't go. In those days I used to tease. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, yes, we got fights. Angela and I, we got fight. The boxing match, you know, kind of stuff. <laughs> Somebody asked me, Pastor, do, do you ever fight with Angela? I was shocked like, what? <laughs> what kind of a question is this? And I decided I need to answer real good. I said, no, we never fight at all. We both have died and we've gone to heaven. <laughs> We're in heaven right now, I'm telling you. This is heaven, we died. That's not a good place to say. But, but uh, that's what it is. But then I told myself, you know, this, I said it here, the Angela fights with me and she throws me out of the house because the man has to go. I don't want you in this house anymore. I got the kids. I'll stay by the door. You, you're going to lock me out. Sometime you're going to come out, right? As soon as she opens her, then, then, I'm I'm back in. You got to pull me out. But you better stay in there. You're never coming out. The day you come out, I'm in there. I'm going nowhere. Amen. Don't give it up. If you got Jesus, things are going to work out. Amen. Because you are more than a conqueror. And greater is He who is in you. You know if for you, this is this is very important you know for God to present you to his, Jesus to present you to his father as his inheritance guess what he did he put the holy spirit in you see to transform you put the holy spirit the very same holy spirit i said don't leave jerusalem Until you are endured endured with power. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into you. You become a new creature. And God looks down. He came with you to himself. My son gave me this. Amen. He's bragging with all, telling all the angels. Look at what my son did for me on that cross. My look. See this beautiful... And God gave, he, his son gave it, my son gave it to me. You read in in, in in Hebrew chapter 1. In Jesus' father talking about his son. Thy throne, O God. That's what the father said of the son. It's forever and ever. God delivered us to God. Amen. And we are his inheritance. Don't you ever put your head down. I don't care what's going on. Because God will come through. You know, this morning I was had rolling something through my mind. And um, I heard the words of my, vi- my spirit. God will fight for you. I can sleep. God will fight for you. The battle belongs to Him. What you need is to trust Him. He'll take care of you. You know, in in in... Isaiah, he said, can a woman forget a suckling child? Is it possible for a woman to forget? That's something that was delivered to them, right? We are God's inheritance. God says, ah, some crazy woman might. Some nuthead might probably do that. But he said, never. God will never forget you. You are engraving in the palm of his hand. He'll never forget you. We are that precious to him. But the only way we get to know that is by revelation. By revelation. And so, this prayer, that's what we should be praying constantly. Paul prayed it for them. Now you are alive. You got your own mouth. The Holy Spirit has recorded it for you. What more do you need? Say those prayers before God and watch your life transformed. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. We're gone for. Thank you, Jesus. See, it's the word that changes us. Amen? The understanding of God's word. I believe that just because you're hearing the word tonight, your life is being transformed. You may not be aware of it, but if you were willing to listen to what God says, that's all he's asking for. Something is changing in your life for the better. I know it. Because God has said in his word, his word never returns to him void. He will accomplish what he promised. Let's lift our hands up to him tonight. And say to him, God, I thank you. I am your glorious inheritance. That's who you are. God, I believe it with all of my heart. I am your glorious inheritance. You are the father of glory. And I have glory upon my life. Because you are my heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's believe it. Let's pray it constantly. Amen. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Probably come to that. Pray in tongues. Just pray in tongues. It's so important. That's what I do. Pray in tongues and pray the scriptures. After praying in tongues for a while, we go to your natural language. For Angela and I speak in English. No, kidding. And just speak the words, okay, of this same scripture. Okay. Okay. God gave me that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Help my spiritual eyes to be enlightened. I want to know the hope of my calling. I want to know the glory, the riches of your inheritance in me as a saint. God bless you. with this dismiss. Amen.